Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at 2368 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, September 16th. I am your host, Randall. I have my co-host, Enos. What's up, folks? Tommy on Zoom. Hello? Madman running the boards. Olivia um, is going to be out tonight. Um, Olivia, wish you well. Hurry back next week. Um, so, <coughs> how was everyone's week? Hey, football started last weekend. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, football was great this weekend. I mean, it would have been better if my team won, but it was still great to have football back. First time in about 15 years that I haven't played fantasy football, and I got to say, it was nice. I, I I liked the look on Brady's face Sunday when he realized, damn, these aren't the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well, Tom, we, we could have told you. You should have just retired and taken your six rings, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, despite the fact he had a losing performance, he still did a really good job. 236 yards. I know, I know. It's one of those touchdowns that, passing and one rushing. I mean, he still had three touchdowns. It's like yeah. even when he loses, he's if you're a fantasy, if you have him on a fantasy team, he's still getting you like 50 points. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we're gonna go into the news. Um, I'm gonna let you go first, Enos, because Tommy has one that I'm gonna tag right onto. All right. Good. First of all, good again. Good evening, folks. Um, big. I'm pretty sure some of you may have already heard this, but um, it has been confirmed that Brian Michael Bendis will be leaving Superman in December, paving the way for the return of one of DC's greatest artists, the great Mark Wade, who was known for his run on the Flash, but most popular for one of his most best one of his best books was the Kingdom Come miniseries in 1996, uh. where he where he was teamed with the incomparable Alex Ross. On and probably one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. It's definitely up there in the top 10 for sure, at least the top five. And how much you want to bet because when it was announced that uh, Bendis was leaving in December, less than a couple of hours later was announced that Wade was coming back at the same time. How much are you willing to bet he's going to take over Superman? I I, it's no, it's no brainer. He's that's why he's coming back. He's given, he's been given Superman. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Bendis said this about a month ago, maybe mm. a month and a half ago. That right. His his run, run was Superman coming to an action end. Was going to come to an end. Right. Um. So I think they're just pulling it back up to say, oh, by the way, Mark Wade's coming back, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we know what's going on here. Right. Um, so is this a good thing or a bad thing that Bendis? Oh, is this is a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. A I lot mean, of people. I haven't been reading Superman, so I don't. Know. Well. It's not his best work, but it's it's not like bad, you know. Um, he's done a couple of things that a lot of people are like, "What are you doing?" Like the the accelerated aging of John Kent. 
Oh yeah. I didn't like the fact that he uh, eliminated uh, Candor. That that didn't. I didn't care for. That. You know, I can forgive them that they've done that storyline at least two, three, two or three times before Bendis. Anyway. So oh yeah. It's yeah, but I mean, it, it, that's that's Superman right there. You know, this, the uh, bottled city of Candor. Right. Um, I I think I'm one of the people. I well, a lot of us actually who still don't like the the fact that. Krypton was basically destroyed by a hitman the Guardians put out there. That kind of still doesn't sit well with me. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I, that whole miniseries was, was meh. You know, it's one of the bad things about it. The whole Man of Steel miniseries was just meh. That was something that should have been left alone because that was John Byrne's baby. No one is ever going to have the impact on Superman the way he did when that was starting with that miniseries and throughout his run on that on that character. And um, I'm with Randy on a lot. There was a lot of good. I I kept my. I think one of the reasons why I bought the book was because I love Ivan Rice's art, Mm -hmm. right? And um, but but um, Bendis didn't do too bad on this book. Because I can tell you, I haven't seen a lot worse. Let's uh, Superman Red, Superman Blue. <laughs> oh God, that was horrible. Um, uh, uh, and <laughs> I'm not even going to bring that up anymore. And um, but I've seen better because I because one of the one of the most surprising runs on Superman was when Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis was doing the book. That really had me pumped every month to read it because I loved the way McGinnis drew Superman and the writing by Jeff Loeb was incomparable. So I'll tell you what's funny. Storyline I hated when they originally did it, that now I would actually welcome it back. Do you remember back in, it might be the late 80s, I want to say, when Lord Santanish and his wife split Superman oh, in two? Oh, yeah. And one of them had half the powers, and then she took his her half and left. And um, the guy's like, well, you're useless to me now because she took the vulnerability part and just put him back in the present. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was actually, I hated it at the time, but I would love that run now. Right, 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 right. And, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that during that storyline that they killed off uh, Perry White's son? I believe so, yeah. And come to find out he was the illegitimate son of Lex Luthor? Right. Well, it was funny because that was also, yes, that was also run too, where he still had a super strength. Yeah. But it, it hurt to tore his muscles apart to use it. And yeah. I think, wow, that is actually a very uh, valid point. What's good as super strength if you're not invulnerable? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, right. One of the best things about talking about comic books and plot lines and everything like that is if someone comes along and has no idea what you're talking about and just hears you saying a few things, they're going to think you're talking about some kind of soap opera. Right. <laughs> oh, little do they know. All the, all the time. Tommy? Yeah. yeah? Okay. So I, got, I have two. I mean, the first one kind of piggybacks on stuff we've already talked about along the lines of DC cancellations. Batman Beyond is being canceled. So... Another another casualty of their uh, of their wiping books out. But the big one is Jim Lee has come out and said 5G is not happening. There will be no reboot in 2021. 5G is not happening. And let's just go ahead and play the fanfare now. Because <clears throat> remember, they, they said 5G was going to be the whole next generation of the heroes. And it was going to be, uh, God, I can't remember the kid's name. The, the signal was going to be taken over as Batman. Like uh, John yeah. Kent was going to be Superman. Take over Superman. Right. Um, and ironically, once Dan DeDito was uh, forced out, that project went belly up. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't this Dan DeDito's baby right yeah. there? What, well, that's what, not how they were touting it. Um, the, the original rumor slash reports was that the younger um, creators at DC was trying to push it, 
And the guys that have been in the business for years were saying, this is a mistake. You don't want to do this. Um, but I want to piggyback on exactly what you just brought up because today in Detective Comics 1027, um, there is the Generation 1 story um, that tags into the 5G thing. Mm. Um, and if you remember, there was also in the trade paperback for Flash Forward, there was a, a 5G um, installment in that as well. Right. Um, yeah. So not only do we get that, but the other big news that ties into this is not only is 5G dead, but a lot of the storylines that they had in place for that is now basically getting retooled. Um, and we're going to be getting a new series from Dan Jurgens next year, um, which I done turned around and lost it. I believe it's uh, not Generations. I just had it. Oh, come on. Anyway, it, it might be um, the 5G Generations, but it's going to be a mini series in 2021. And I believe it's also going to have like Booster Gold and a Commandy in it. But yeah, so they are taking a lot it. of. I knew it. As soon as you said Dan Jurgens, the, the, they're taking the, that storyline, they're retooling a bunch of it, and we're getting a new mini series in 2021. Mm. So um, even though it I said it's not, it's not. It's not the, in it, I'm all in. And a mini series that's not going to cause a relaunch of the DC universe. Okay. So. If it's, yep. If it's, if it's got Booster, I'm all in. So yes, I am actually looking forward to that. Uh, Gun it. Brother, what was the name of that? I had it here, too. You know what's going to happen. The show's going to end. I'm going to find out my notes. I'm going to go, damn it, Bobby. Uh, Tommy, what is your other story? Well, I had the 5G and the, and the uh, Batman Beyond being canceled. Okay. Oh, that's right. You did. Okay, my bad. Yeah, and I, I went ahead and said something about that. Um, real quickly here, um, I just want to touch on these. For you guys who didn't read the series, you might want to go back and try and pick them up, at least the trade, because all the regular issues are probably going to be sold out. But the Empire event over at Marvel just ended. Um, I actually liked it. that It stayed together. It didn't go shooting off all mm. over the place. There were a few tie-ins, but not a whole lot of tie-ins. And last week, I want to say it's last week. I've been behind right, reading. Are there going to be so. spoilers? Because I still have two issues to go. Okay. Uh, yes, there's spoilers. So, but I'm not gonna, you can uncover your readers. I'm not going to give it away. Hey, uh, remove them. Look in. Tommy, <laughs> take it. Anyhow, um, Empire Aftermath with the Avengers and Empire Fallout with Fantastic Four both came out, and they both have kind of a, a huge reveal at the end of them. So if you didn't pick those two up, make sure you do because they tie into what's going to be happening post-Empire. Empire was actually... Did you read Empire? Some of it. It was actually really good. I liked it. I, because I picked up the tie-ins because I was very intrigued by the deaths of Kesar and the Black Panther, which turned out not but yeah, they, they were pretty good. All right, yeah, and, Tommy. And they were very well written. There you go. All, yeah. all I was saying was make sure if you didn't pick it up, make sure you pick up um, Empire Aftermath Avengers and Empire okay, Fallout. Fallout Fantastic Four. Okay, yeah, because I'm four issues in. It's been really good. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I just need to fit, see how it ends. I still got two issues to go. Okay. Well, the ending of both uh, Aftermath and Fallout have a huge, um, I don't want to say spoiler, but a huge last panel where you realize Okay, this is what just got set up. So Okay. His coming. All right, show intel time. Um feel weird not having to do the, the going to say who brought a show and tell now that Olivia just does a promo at the beginning of the show. Right. Um so we are going to start with the one that Enos brought in. Superman number two oh four. Madman, we got the comic count. We do good. Um see I have to look over here and then look back over here. Um I really love this cover. Um, and didn't he do 
the opposite variation of this when he was when Lee was doing Batman yes, run. Indeed. There's one of Batman on his gargoyle right. facing the other way. Yep. Um I always I almost kinda like to imagine that Batman is standing on his gargoyle in Gotham while Superman is doing it in Metropolis and Batman doesn't know it, but Superman can see him with his yeah. vision, like, you know, looking right at him type of thing. Um, nice cover too. Yes. Well, this is the start of the Brian Azzarello Jim Lee run on Superman. Yeah. Um and unfortunately, I don't remember the story only because, let's be honest, this got um, shadowed by, uh, uh, got buried by the Hush storyline right. that he did and was so much better. So, And uh, I believe that was um, the, the crux of that storyline. Superman had lost faith in himself and was trying to find, um, he, was, he was trying to find the, some sort of meaning or something like that and when they... Uh, one of the um, integral part persons that was in it was actually a priest. Okay, and, right. Um, well, see, I thought that was the walkabout storyline that... Um, grounded? Grounded, that Straczynski did at the end. Uh, I, just, I, I started reading that one, and I never finished it. and I, I wanted to because I liked it. I thought it was a good concept. Grounded? No, I think no. that's different from, okay, from that. Okay, okay. The um, there's a great bit in the Grounded storyline um, where they talk about what makes Superman Superman. And there was a scene where there's a guy wanting to commit suicide and he's standing on the ledge of this building. It's like, you know, six or seven stories up. Right. And of course, Superman shows up and they're all like, all right, Superman's going to save the day. And the guy's like, don't you touch me. This is my decision. And he's just like, okay. He goes, can I just stand here and talk, wait here and talk to you? And the guy's like, if that's all you're going to do. And he's like, okay. So hours go by where Superman's just kind of floating. Or he's not saying a word. He's just kind of floating, looking around. And the guy's finally like, Okay, I'm ready to talk. I mean, it was a great issue. Right. All right. So the next one, uh, we can go back to Comic Can there. Okay. Yeah, because it flipped over on me. The next one that we have here, I, I, I love this book. Showcase 97, Power Girl. Um, so the reason I brought this in, other than the fact that I love Power Girl, um, and this is kind of where she has her resurgence of popularity. Because remember, she premiered in All-Star, right. and then All-Star got cut, and they were reprinting them in Adventure Comics. But this is what really kind of kicks off her popularity again. And then we start getting her in all the miniseries, and she played that huge role in Crisis on Infinite Earths and ends up in, in Warlord. But yeah. So this whole reason I have this up there is this is like kind of the fanning the, the flames of fandom for Power Girl. Because she was kind of she was kind of forgotten for a long time before this came out. Right. All right. And... Since we are talking about how do you fix these superhero movies, Madman brought in X Men ah, Two Number okay. One, the uh, mm. the ad adaptation of the movie, which was actually the better of those first yes, three. Yeah, out of those, yeah, the best one. Kelly, who, Halle Berry, and Rebecca and Rebecca Romaine. The great thing about the the third one because everybody was like, "Why'd you have to move the bridge?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the third trash. Right. All right, Thomas, what do you got? So this is another recent that I got. It's Adventure Into Fear, number 19. The Ooh. first appearance of my boy, Howard the Duck. See, I can't hear Howard the Duck now without hearing it sung from the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Call him Howard the Duck. Clapped <laughs> <laughs> in a world he never made. Mm -hmm. Now, wasn't that a Man-Thing issue, though, also? Yeah, that's a, yeah, Man-Thing's Okay, all right. 
Yeah, it's it's what's what's it? It's an adventure into fear with Man Thing. It's number nineteen. Right. Man Thing, Man Thing, they they go they go they go Man Man Thing, the Man that, Thing. That, that, that is that that is one of the that's the first Man Thing comic I've ever bought. I'm still on the hunt for for the uh the the one that I really want, and that is of course Giant Size Man Thing number one. That sounds yes. dirty. Yeah. Yes, that's why I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what goes on in it. I don't care. I don't even think it's a very valuable book. It's called Giant Size Man Thing. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the giant size man thing. Well, can you imagine ordering that at your comic shop? And you, can you find one? And you go like, "Hey, man, I got your giant size man thing." And everybody turns around like, "Keep that to y'all sales, man. This is a family establishment. I thought this was a comic shop." Yeah. Man. <laughs> Look, that, that would be the what's one. Mark saying there. Hey guys, I'm looking forward Sir, to this. Nice is a comic store. He said, I was looking forward to tonight's show, but I'm way behind on my homework. So I wanted to say hi and have a great show. Thank you. Appreciate That's why it's it. recorded, Mark. Yeah, Thank you, brother. Watch it later. Check it, check it out later, Bubba. Get that homework done. Absolutely. All right. So check us out on YouTube or where, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Or on Facebook. Yeah. Tonight's subject is how to fix the movies. Dun, 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 now, dun. here's the thing. The Marvel movies are great. I'm not going to say they're not. I'm also a fan of the DC movies, even though I know that if you want to start a fight in any comic con, start talking about DC movies and whether they're good or bad. But let's talk about the things that can probably be fixed in these movies. I'm going to start, all right? Go ahead. Very simply, Marvel movies. Anyone else sick of every story being the origin story, the first movie? Yeah. It's okay when you did Iron Man, and I kind of give it to you for Captain America, but every first movie was the origin story. Yeah. And well, they, and it's very formulaic. Sure, but the formula worked. The formula know? did work. Like, I mean, we were talking earlier. I thought, like, very early on, I thought the Marvel movies were very good. They kind of went off the rails over the last, like, I don't know, half dozen of them. But um, I think that it, it, it introduces the characters to an entirely do- new generation of people who never would bother to pick up right, a comic book. exactly. Because, you know, reading, even comic books these days, is a very rare thing. And so I think that that, you know, there's, there are tons of kids today that would never choose to pick up a comic book, but would go to an Iron Man movie. Right. And I think what Marvel Comics did with as far as the origin story is, and where they beat DC, because DC (laughs) did the same thing with Green Lantern, but you left with, tell me something I didn't already know, but yet the way Marvel approached it. It gave it, it was something fresh. It was something that you wanted. It was something that you didn't read in the comic that you saw in the movie. So they had, the origin stories, yeah, you have a tendency to really get old. But if you don't tell, that's only if you don't tell a story right. Right, right. And, 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 and it's like, it's, 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 not what's being, it's not what's being served, it's the delivery. Plus, I mean, it's better to tell a different origin story and then st- instead of just playing the same origin story right, over exactly. and over again, like with Batman. Right. And, and, well, and, yeah. and, and like with, with Batman, you didn't, with Batman, is like, you, okay, we don't need to see his origin every time he has a movie. Right. Yeah. Right. And with the Marvel movies, we needed the origin story. I mean, we didn't need the origin story. No, we didn't. But, we knew. But the, but the the casual viewer needed the origin story because... Nobody knew about the origin of Captain America or, or Iron Man or Thor or anything like that. They didn't know that. The, right. the casual viewer, they didn't know 
And and I do have to admit, um, I do come down on the side of the argument that Justice League would have worked better if we'd have gotten origin movies ahead of time. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Enos, what do you got to fix? Or what do you want to fix? Okay. Well, one thing that I would have fixed, I would have fixed the first uh, Batman film. Because which which first? Oh, are you talking I'm, about the Michael I'm, Keaton? I'm talking Jack about the Michael Keaton. I know I know your pet peeve on this. Uh, because <laughs> because I felt we got robbed. Because I really think we really did not get to. We've seen Michael Keaton's greatness in other films, but I really think that he really would have made a bigger impact if we could have seen that range in the Batman films. And he got robbed. And and basically, guys, I know y'all think the that's the greatest Batman film ever. But if you really think about it. That movie was strictly made to cater to Jack Nicholson and his demands. You, you, you can say yeah, what yeah. you want, you but, but if you're honest with yourself, that movie was nothing but a Jack Nicholson's vehicle. He got top billing. He made he, he got a chunk of the profits. He did everything he wanted. He got in that film. And after taxes, that fool cleared forty five million dollars. Wow. Forty-five million, and like you add, add up what look at, do the math now, do the inflation. Dude made a mint and a whole lot, and the whole factory off that. But but what I would do is, I would have. They didn't do um Batman's origin. Correctly, I no. still think Batman Begins, out of all the Batman's films, is the only one oh, out of absolutely. all of them that did it right. And, and simply because of the one, the one added story plot where he leaves Gotham, where he leaves exactly for however many years to study. Exactly. And one thing that I would have added in, or if I had been Christopher Nolan, I would have added in Lou Moxon. Oh yeah, yep. Yep. Tie and, him, and, and, tie him. Well, exactly. They gave you um. Uh, Carmel and Falcone. They, they, so, yeah, we got Carmel and Falcone, but to me, Lou Moxon is really the catalyst of why Bruce is Batman. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And uh, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, read the Untold Legend of uh, the, the Dark Batman. Knight. I mean, I'm sorry, the Untold the Legend of the Batman. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I need to get Batman. those. All right. Uh, Tommy, what's the movie well, that you think well, would need? Well, continue with what with Enos saying. Continue with, with the Batman movies, the third and fourth Batman movies. Hold up. Are you talking yeah. about the Schumacher debacles? Right. The Bat- Why are you it? Those don't Batman be- <laughs> Return. What was it? Batman Forever. It and- Batman Forever and Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Right. It, you know, it completely changed the tone of the movies. You know, it went, it went to like camp land, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. It went to Adam, have, Adam West. You know, Adam yeah. West. Right. We went from so, getting I mean, the that- Batman we all wanted to see to the Batman we were trying to get away from. <laughs> right and i mean so, so yeah that was you know what were you doing you know why would you why would you go about this you know you've, you've got this tone set you've got it set as a gritty you know darker darker show movie rather and then then you just go off the rails and it, it makes something that adam west should be a part of and you know what i love me some adam west and would have been all about a nice adam west movie but i mean it just was so out of place with what what the other ones were giving you and they should have had more and and uh, i know some of y'all out there 
Um, have have a mad arm for Joel Schumacher. May he rest in peace. But I got news for y'all. This guy has a far more superior repertoire as a director than you guys might think. Yeah, everybody just remembers the ones that he ruined. Exactly. Yeah. May I remind <laughs> you of The Lost Boys. Right. May right. I remind you of uh, The Client. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I think that um, Joel Schumacher definitely had talent. I think he should not been, have been a part of those movies. I think that... He Phoned it in, right? Uh, right. Well, well. well <laughs> I, 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 I think the last two, the last two films of the first three of the first franchise, though the ones that the last two that tanked, that was strictly on Warner Brothers because they were trying to sell toys. Right. I tell you what, right. though, it, it was terrible. It yeah. was terrible. There is nothing they put out was awful, and I mean, it was just because it was just such a. I mean, I may have actually liked those movies if they had started out with that tone from the very beginning. I, I tell you what, though, Batman Forever does have what I personally love as one of the best moments <laughs> in those four films. It's, they're going to Riddler's hideout, and he blows up the plane in right, a bat boat. Right, yeah. And they're climbing up onto the scaffolding, you know, for the, the structure. And Robin goes, holy, holy rusted metal, 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 Batman. Batman. <laughs> and he's like, huh? huh? The ground is it's all rusted. It's got a hole in it. You know, holy? Holy, you know. But you don't know. That was a good moment. Now, <laughs> now, I will tell you, if there was something I would have done different with Batman and Robin, I would have kept it serious. I think George Clooney would have. He made an awesome Bruce Wayne. His Batman wasn't this. Oh, yeah. I would have one thing. One person who wouldn't have been in there, Alicia Silverstone. Right, she had no business being there. He's blonde. But what I would have, (laughs) (laughs) what I would have done with that movie is instead of introducing Batgirl, since we had Dick virtually in the Nightwing costume anyway, that would have been the film that would have been the passing of the torch. We would have. I figured. We would have gotten Tim Drake. We should introduce Tim Drake, but we would have. I would have alluded to how um, Jason took over for just a little bit of allusion to him. Let him know he had come first. You know, be respectful to the storyline. And I would have introduced Tim Drake, and we would have saw the evolution of Dick Grayson and the Robin, and the introduction of uh, Tim Drake into Robin, and I would have brought Two-Face back. Well, yeah. and I think they wanted to, but the movie tanked. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it would have been great if they, because the stories of the uh, of Robin, the the progression, the Jason Todd, and the Tim Drake story are right. very compelling stories. Very good stories. Most of them written by Chuck Dixon, if I'm correct. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Right. And well, so, and here's another thing, too. You know, you were talking about Two-Face. That's another big problem. Tommy Lee Jones playing Two-Face. When in the first one, Harvey Dent was played by Billy Williams. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and that was the well. The big problem. The big problem was not Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Face. The big problem was that um, he didn't. He wasn't really given any direction of how to make that character different from Riddler yeah. or Joker. Right. right. Yeah. And, and he wound up. And and one thing, Tom, I think we will all agree upon is that if there's one thing that Tommy Lee Jones isn't. Is a comedic actor, right? Correct. And yeah, um, and, and, and even though, and even though he had 
he has delivered some classic lines that will have you on the floor laughing. Case in point, Captain America, the first Avenger. I ain't kissing you. And <laughs> but he's it's a straight man kind of comedy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but this was, and they tried to make Frank. I'm sorry, but they tried too hard to make Jim Car- Jim Carrey the second coming of Frank Gorshin, and no one will right, have the right. impact on the Riddler the way Frank Gorshin did. No one. Uh, Jim Carrey. Apparently, those two hate each other too. By the way. Frank Jim Carrey and, and Tommy Lee Jones. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I, I heard they, there's no love lost between the two of them. Actually, they do not like each other, and, right. and it started on the set of this show. Wow. This is well, the first time. This the first time they have worked together, and they have never worked together since. Well, they let's be honest. They were they were all handed a dumpster fire, and so we got to somehow make this work. Because yeah. I'm being paid a lot of money. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Jim Carrey just chewed the scenery in that. It's just oh, so over the top. Yeah. Right? So hey, Madman, you got a movie you want to fix? Well, I or brought movies. In, yeah, I brought in <laughs> I brought in the X Men book because I wanted to talk about the X Men movie, how they screwed up by focusing on Wolverine. And yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And as entertaining as those movies were, I was just so happy to see mutants on on screen. You know, I mean, it, but in retrospect, looking back on it, it's like it's I understand that Wolverine is the most popular character in the X Men, and all the fanboys love him. But you know, I would. A lot of it was all based from his his perspective, and eventually right. they just gave up and started making Wolverine and Logan, yeah, and right, stuff like right. that. And so, what I thought was great about the X Men is that every, like every single issue you picked up, it could be a story about a different character in the X Men, right? Like, yeah, you'll have like other people walking around the mansion and stuff like that, but when you have a, a star studded cast there at your disposal, and in the first X Men movie, Halle Berry had like four lines. And two of them were the stupidest and ones. The worst ever line heard. in comic book movie history. Oh yes. my <laughs> God. About a toad getting struck by lightning. She, said, she said, Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything. Else. No kidding. How, how many people in the theater just went, Huh? No, yeah, really? no, I, no I'm not going to lie. I watched it. I watched um, X Men at the um, Regal right across from what used to be Toys R Us. You could actually hear me in the theater say, no, you didn't. <laughs> I believe I, it. I, I was like, they were like, when she said the same thing that happens to everything else, I'm like, no, she didn't. No, I'm sorry. No, she didn't. I'm sorry. That's what I said. No, she didn't. Well, and folks were like, that's right. That's right up there with what they told George Lucas in the original Star Wars trilogy because his dialogue was horrible. Cheesy, yeah. It was. You can read this stuff, George, but you can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the original. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is supposed to say Han's supposed to say uh, Leia's supposed to say I love you and Han's supposed to say I love you too that looks great on a script but I know <laughs> perfect <laughs> right you know? right oh yeah that's one that's one of the most perfect scenes in, in cinema I'm a little biased because I'm a huge Star Wars fan right. but that was perfect well that's just great because he says it as he's going down into the uh, yeah. the tank right. and he's like it's so fast sure. just before his head disappears I know <laughs> <laughs> alright um, what's the next movie you want to fix oh wait a minute I'm sorry uh, Wolverine movies, yes. Uh, you, you weren't finished, right, Mad? Because here's the thing. Well, I wanted them to focus more on characters that I liked because right. I, hate, I hate Wolverine, all right? I hate him simply because so many fanboys are always like, Wolverine versus anybody in a fight Wolverine Oh, wins. my God. Yes. That's a, oh, Lord, right? yes. So I have, a real, I have to agree with you on that. I have a real hate in my heart for that fictional character, all right? And so um, that's why I think it's okay because it's a fictional character. It's okay to harbor that kind of hate. 
So, <laughs> and so I would want to see characters that I was more interested in focusing on them. People like Colossus. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler. You got a little bit of taste of that in X2, which was done and very well. And Alan Cumming nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. Absolutely. And so um, I would rather have seen more movies ba- uh, built uh, upon that kind of framework instead of just focusing on Wolverine and Wolverine's story. And I think that I, that's what I liked about the Deadpool movies is that you got a little bit more uh, a taste of X-Men right? just because the, the, the intellectual property was in the same hands at that time. And it did Colossus perfectly. Yes. Right. Well, he had the Russian accent. Yeah. yeah, and also he didn't look like he was cut up, made out of diamonds. Yeah. And I also, yeah. I, I also feel in X Men Three of the original trilogy that um, the angel was underutilized. In that oh movie. yeah, he yeah. should have had a much bigger role. Oh in that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, there was there are so many there's so many great X characters that uh, could make for excellent, more compelling storytelling that I think they probably would have done better, like on Netflix. Like they did with Luke Cage and so forth, and right. like if you had a like a a show where you have like you know thirty hours in order to like uh, delve deep into it, this X character's past, and so you can understand like the every single every single mutant's uh, story through persecution into uh, you know into redemption into becoming right. a hero, you know. I think what they should have done with Wolverine was he should not have been part of the first movie. I think what they should have done, they could have built on, they should have stuck with the original X-Men sure. and then brought in, you know, as you, as the movie's ending, you bring in new mutants, Colo- yeah, yeah. The new mutants and what have you, and they should have saved the introduction of Wolverine by introducing Alpha Flight. Yep, that would have been good. That would have been phenomenal. But I think we all know a lot of the diehard uh fans would have been just irate that there was no Wolverine in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Madman actually reminded me something. That is the same critique uh, of the new X-Men movies. X-Men First Class was great. I loved it. Yeah. But as it went on, it started becoming about Mystique. Yeah. All because it was Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. 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 You exactly right. So. And she was. And she was. Jennifer Lawrence. You know, there's other characters than Mystique, you know. And well, she right. was still hot, and she was still hot off uh, the Hunger Games, wasn't yep. she? Right. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why right. they were. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, they were expecting did. her to uh, to bring in that she was the cash cow that they were hoping, she, or should I say, the golden cow that they were hoping to bring their cash in. Well, and she then, was commanding a high paycheck at that point, so absolutely, she had. It's like okay, we're paying her twenty million dollars. We better feature her in this movie mm-hmm. a lot. Oh yeah, but I think that we're touching on something when it comes to cinema, comic books, and cinema is that uh, oftentimes the, the actor sometimes takes priority over the character. Exactly, right? exactly. And, and I think that when you have a character, like we were talking about Jack Nicholson, you know, um, uh, when you have an actor playing a character like that who just chews the scenery like crazy, you know, um, then, you know, he's demanding this high price. You know, he's like uh, uh, Marlon Brando from Superman. It's like, oh, yeah, you're not paying me enough, you know. And so they're like, we have to justify this as, expenditure right and so we because we're spending this kind of money we kind of got to let that actor do whatever they want with right the character. which is why a lot of people have argued when you make a superhero movie get the unknown cast yeah, an unknown exactly, exactly. and yeah. but but you know what was you it's funny it's a funny thing that you mentioned the first superman film where superman succeeds and where batman fails in my opinion they did not where um they did not let Marlon Brando overshadow Superman like they had the Joker overshadow Batman. Correct. 
Well, Marlon Brando went into that knowing that I'm not the star of this movie, but you will put my name first. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, all yeah. it really was. Well, I love how... He's Marlon Brando, so you make that exception. Right. Well, I love how like they are still using the audio clips from that... From that first, the first two from movies. the first, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that that just goes not only show show how great he was as an actor, but the impact that that the first Superman film had. As primitive as the special effects were, that movie is still relevant. There have been fools on some of these things, some of these groups that I've been in on Facebook talking about it's irrelevant. Oh, uh, I beg to differ. I would. If I would they so re- love to see that one in Superman 2 remade well, with well, modern I, technology. Oh, my God. I've said on, before on the air when we've talk, talked about Superman, Christopher Reeve is my Superman. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Matter, no matter what you do, there'll be, there, there's been others that have played him, and there's been others that have played him well, but they're yeah. not Christopher Reeve. Exactly. No matter what they do, they won't be Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve is Superman. Right. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, movie fixes. Oh, here, I got one for you. Um, and I, and I, I'm glad that I saw that I'm not the only person who's starting to take a issue with this the marvel movies um started off as great action adventure movies with little comedy snippets worked into them and then it started flipping the other way around oh yeah they got too over they got too much comedy in them and then all oh, let's pepper in a superhero story yeah uh, and i'm like okay i understand the demographic you're going here for you want mass market appeal i get it but are we going to do so to the point that every couple of lines is a joke um thor ragnarok is a is a prime example yes. of that one now still don't get good, me wrong. Still a good movie. <laughs> I I love the yeah. scene when Thor's in the chair going to the collector's little um showcase yeah. there and you're hearing the Willy Wonka theme. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I gotta go back and look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. I, but but Thor Ragnarok was a success due to the director. That director's freaking awesome. No. That thing was a success due to Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the one where they was on Battleworld, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we all, know, we all know why it was truly a success. Because, because they made a real bill sculpture in the city. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> that's why it was all yeah. of 30 seconds, and that's the one Tommy rewinds every time <laughs> and stops. We will be getting Bill. And I have hopes now that Bill will be showing up. Of course, he won't have Stormbreaker, so I don't know what, what we'll, we'll do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so one of my pet peeves with the Marvel movies is, like again, started off great, and then it just started. Be- well, even Captain Marvel, that train wreck, Captain Marvel was there was a lot of humor moments played up just for the humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, with, it, with it, the scrolls. It, yeah. Because that because that movie dragged. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, you yeah, listen. You can say whatever you want. I don't care nothing about. Brie Larson being about a superhero movie where a woman is the main character and is focused. I am. That's not what I'm. That's not my issue. My issue was and still is, and why I absolutely refuse to purchase that movie and add it to my collection is for the very is is for what Tommy has on his shirt. He was thoroughly disrespected. Absolutely. They showed Marvel. I and Marvel, you guys. I don't know what the hell is wrong with y'all. That's something you guys shouldn't have caved in on. I would have never. A character that's been around for fifty-four years. 
And still, even though they've killed that character off, do you realize the tremendous following Marvel still has? Right. Yeah. And then you give him an opportunity, an opportunity to shine. Yes, the movie's about Carol. I love Carol and don't take nothing from her. Been a fan of hers ever since 1976, 77. And but still love. I love that red and black with the open belly. Okay. <laughs> so is that the is that the movie you're fixing now, Captain Marvel? Oh uh, yeah. For, for, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is what this is what I want to talk about as well because you know my thing about Captain Marvel is you know I felt that they were trying too hard in that movie. You know they want they want Carol Danvers to be their Wonder Woman and I think they were just yes they, they did were, they, they were trying too hard. You know, it, it, it felt it, forced. It was, yes. It wasn't. It wasn't just that. It was you know. Her, when she was in the Air Force, her code name was Avenger. Avenger. Really? And that, and that's what they named the Avengers after. Well, that was lame. Yeah, super that's lame. Just, that's lame. We super we didn't lame. need that. That was lame. And, and, and you know, and, at the end of the movie, you know, with all the other superhero movies, Marvel movies, DC movies, whatever, when you face the final boss, the final character, you know, whoever the big bad is, it, at least for a bit, the heroes get beat up. She took yeah. on an entire Cree armada by herself and wiped right. them. Out. Didn't even muss her hair. And, and, right. that, <laughs> and that was gonna I was gonna say that was my one of my problems with it was the scene after that where she's floating outside the ship and she's gonna tow off the scrolls, uh, you know, to the new homeworld. I was thinking to myself, why don't you just put a red cape on her and be done with it? Right. She she didn't even break a sweat. You you felt that she was in no danger whatsoever. You felt like that none of her friends or there were anybody no stakes. was in danger exactly. or anything. Exactly. And and yeah, and 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 the bitter irony of all that and Captain Marvel's existence in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she did all of that in Captain Marvel at the beginning of Endgame, only to get Guy Gardnered by Thanos. <laughs> well, and I was well, and you know why they did that? Because they realized, oh crap, we just made a problem. We yeah. we overpowered her. Yeah. Because I think everybody at Marvel Studios realized, well, if she is that much of a badass that she can take out her armada like that. What does she need to be with the Avengers for? Right. What can she do to, to Thanos? Is she overpowered? Well, we, we're well, going to have to fix that. Remember, if you remember, there was a lot of people that were really concerned about her, what her role in the Avengers. Right. Because everybody said the exact same thing. She's because they were afraid that she was going to come in and just take out Thanos by herself after, you know, all these other characters have been built up for 10 years. And I have to say that after, um, you know, after seeing Captain Marvel, that was a concern of mine too. You know, I didn't have that concern at first. I was like, you know, no, they're not going to do that. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. And then I saw Captain Marvel, and I'm like, yeah, maybe they will. And not only, and not, and, and may I also add that not only did they disrespect Marvel, they disrespected Monica Rambeau too. Oh yes, absolutely. They did. They show no respect, no love for Monica Rambeau at all. And Monica Rambeau was definitely a, a character that started from the ground up, and she earned her reputation just like um, Carol did. And then they just made her into a little girl. And yeah. then, but but I still say my thing. That was Marvel's time to shine. I'm sorry they should have got Brad Pitt. To come in and play him, and because Brad Pitt is rated the size, um, the being the slender that he is, because that way you could have you could have um, you could have got away with the fact that he was fighting cancer. Right, right. So you spent a lot of time thinking about Captain Marvel's body. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but 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 I mean, you know, if it's breeze, yes. <laughs> but but um, but I wanted wanted to have seen that incorporated so we could see the evolution of Carol and why she took the name yeah, Captain Marvel. Because yeah. I mean, I think that would be a far more compelling series. That that probably have to be a series of movies where right. it introduces Cat Cap Marvel. Marvel, right? You know, and then, like, say at the end of the first movie, gets a cancer diagnosis, right? Like you that. know, I would have been fine if all we saw of, of Marvel was him early on in the movie as Captain Marvel, as, yes, and we get kind of the same origin on on Earth where she gets exposed to the radiation, like you know, in uh, whatever Marvel superheroes thirteen, right. fourteen, whatever it was, and then later on when he's dying, he he pulls her in and says, "You're going to have to take my place," right. I would have right. been fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, to pay homage to him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and then and what makes this another another area where they dropped the ball, they had but they not only had Annette Benning as Marvel, but they had her as the Supreme Intelligence as well. Oh yeah. And and I'm like well, oh. they, did, they did that because they said when you see the Supreme Intelligence, you see the person that you're closest to. So that's why that's, Oh that's yeah, I understand I'm that but 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 like Marvel they should have they should they so should have went I, on I, did what they I, did with um Jude like they said they were gonna do with Jude Law, and I knew he was gonna be Yon Rob. I knew because he's too good of an actor just because he can play that part, and I'm glad they did him as Yon Rob. But like when they sat there and like, what? Yeah. Well, and the thing, the thing, my thing about that is, he said that you see the supreme intelligence about as the person that's most important in the world to you. Okay, right. that's a good idea. But where was the connection? That made Marvel the most important person in the world to her. Exactly. That that wasn't it, even not discussed. Thing on that. You know, when you watch it, this is this looks like someone that she knew for like twenty minutes. I mean, it, you know, it's just like yeah. where, where's the connection here? Yeah, right. It's just a plot device they stole from right. Contact, that Jodie Foster movie. Right. Oh wow. Oh, yeah, I didn't even yeah. make that connection. But yeah. Yeah. yeah good one, man. Good one, Mad Man. So they, they really didn't establish why Marvel was the most important person in the world to her, at least not in my opinion. I no, they didn't. See that. And, uh, they, and if they they would it would have worked better if they had brought made kept Marvel as he was because there was a thing between the two of them at one time. So that would have made more sense. Did yeah, you I mean, see? Least, you know, if you're if you're going to do that, at least establish why the connection. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Tommy Earmuff for a moment. Did you see? Uh, oh, you haven't because you didn't read Empire. Damn it, Bobby. Um, one of the things that sprung out of Empire is you find out that Thor and She-Hulk, that sure. Uh, oh, Hulk, yeah, yeah I read dating. about that, yeah. And I'm like, that is the damn dumbest thing I've ever seen. All right, yeah. Tommy. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what else would you fix? Uh, I have a DC movie yeah, I want to fix. Yeah, let's talk about DC movies. Go so, Martha. Martha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, oh, yeah. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go ahead and just address the elephant in the room. That is such an easy fix. That is such an easy, easy Don't do fix. It. Huh? Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it? No. Uh, you know how you fix that? When he's saying, Martha, Martha, why'd you say that name? Okay. You already have Lois Lane coming to where the fight is. Because right. it's pretty obvious that's what's going down over there. Because you can see all the superhuman fireworks going on, right? Um, you have Superman on the ground. He's about ready to die. And he says, you're going to let him kill Martha. Um, and he goes, why did you say that name? Lois Lane runs in, right as this is happening, and she, you don't even have to do that. You can just say, Lex Luthor has his mother. He's going to kill him. He's like, he's not human. He's, you know, he's an alien. And then she goes, oh, come on. 
You're the world's greatest detective, and you haven't figured it out. <laughs> oh, he's he's oh. Clark Kent. And look, and Amy Adams would have been perfect to right. deliver that. And she goes, he's Clark Kent. He was born, he was uh, raised in Smallville, Kansas. His mothers were um, Jonathan and Martha Kent. And then he could just stop and go, what? He goes, oh. Jonathan and Martha Kent. And you could just have him throw the spear away, yeah. have her look at him. And she's like, what, what just happened? He helps him up, and he goes, my mother's name was Martha. Boom! That's how you fix it. You know what I think of when I see that scene, though? There's a part of me that thinks of the, of the scene from Step Brothers when they, when, when they go, did we just become best friends? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of. Uh, I could have done without him, without him snapping Dodd's neck. Well, yeah, and, oh yes, that's that's out of that's out of character. So. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about the fact that Batman is just kind of like, uh, oh, you mean in the very first Man of Steel when he's Man of Steel, yeah, snapping Zod's neck. Well, yeah. there's arguments both for and against that. Obviously, Superman doesn't kill. Bottom line, it has to be a reason why. So, but it's yeah. also been proven that I can't stop this guy. Yeah, he has he has matched me blow for blow, toe to toe. I can't stop him, and, well, and you know. What do you and do? I'm not saying it wasn't necessarily the right decision. Gotta go, right. gotta go. <laughs> but it, it, but it, but it's outside of character for Superman. Well, so, let me, was, even if it was the right decision, it was out, out outside of Superman's character. Right. Well, have you seen the Donner cut of Superman two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now there was a scene that was cut from the theatrical release, which was when they were breaking into the White House, and Zod picked up some guns. All right. He saw all these National Guard troops were there in guarding the White House, and so he just picks up one of our human weapons and starts shooting people with it. Right. You know, he's a general. He wants to understand the weapons of the enemy. And so, I mean, he doesn't need that weapon, but he wants to learn how the enemy is. And that's something that a general will do. And I think that gave a lot of depth to his character. But I'm sure that they took that out of the scene because it was him. uh, A little bloodthirsty. Yeah. Yeah. It is bloodthirsty. It's villainous. And that's why that person needs to be stopped. Right. And so, I mean, I thought that that just added so much depth to their character, but it got cut from the theatrical release. Right. And as good as Michael Shannon was as General Zod in uh, Man of Steel, he can't touch Terrence Stamp. Right. Yes. <laughs> he can't touch Terrence Stamp. The original Zod was the best. Yeah. I, I still love the line of Superman, too. Why do you say this to me? When you know, know I'll, I'll kill, kill you, you for it. <laughs> so matter of fact. Stand before me, Kyle. Kneel before Zod. you just like... All right, he's he's just outright told you. You know I'm going to kill man, you, right? I love you, dude, because yeah, look, too, we read on the same link, man. <laughs> <laughs> look, in Superman 2, that's one of the best parts of the film. When, when, and, and look, and like you said, Terrence Stamp was so matter-of-fact when he did it. He scared you when he did that. Yes. Stand before me, son of Jor-El. Kneel before <laughs> <laughs> still, still one of the best superhero movies. But Absolutely. another thing you need to fix, um, and, and I will tout this to the day I die, um, in Superman versus Batman, all the scenes that were cut out um, for the theatrical release need to go back in there because they fixed the storyline problems. Yeah. Exactly, and 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 that's why I told people get the theatrical. I mean, Watch get, the get, ultimate edition, ultimate edition, Blu-ray, and it makes more sense. And the story suddenly gets cohesive. They, they, some of the scenes they cut out when you see it on that ultimate cut, you're thinking, well, why did you cut that? that scene? Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's like sometimes you really feel you want to feel sorry for Zack Snyder, but then you turn around and see what he does, man. 
And you should be going, like, come on, what the hell were you doing? Right, because the director's the one who cuts the scenes. You cut, you <laughs> big dumb. Well, here's the thing, I think, when it comes to movies, because I don't know if you've seen the director's cut of uh, Daredevil. Absolutely, which, oh, same. Which oh, yes. is excellent. It's an excellent Daredevil story. And, um, but... You know, the people at the studio said, "We well, we want it under 90 minutes. We want the love interest. We want to focus on the Electra thing. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it detracts from the story. When you, when you go to the studio with, you got like, uh, say, four, four hours of worth of footage to make a movie from. And they're just like, and then the, the executive director says, well, we, we want the love interest. That's what get girls in the theaters. You know, we want to avoid all the detective nonsense. And that's boring and drags on and stuff like that. And, so, and we just want to, you know, keep it under 90 minutes. And um, Alfred Hitchcock said something like, uh, the, uh, it's like a movie's length should be directly proportionate to the size of a human bladder. And I think that that is very wrong. Right? <laughs> All right. Especially in this modern age with pause buttons. And so- <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not to mention that um, we have proven time and again, we'll hold it if you give us a good Absolutely. movie. Dang on uh, right. Absolutely. So, and so, uh, we have to, I mean, I think a lot of really great stuff gets lost on the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah. And a lot of these decisions to remove these scenes from movies come at the expense of the story just so that they can market it better yeah. or, you know, think that they, they're making a, a correct business decision. And I, a lot of times, I don't think that that's true. So, for you guys who out there who have not ever seen the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman, there are two... More than two, but two that come right to mind. So there's one at the Senate subcommittee hearing where the woman from the, uh, the other nation where Superman goes and rescues Lois comes in there and she says he was like a madman. He was killing everybody. And you know that's wrong because you see the scene earlier where she is there seeing what actually happens and knows that that's not the truth, that Superman saved them. Right. So you're seeing her lie at the subcommittee. The yeah. scene that gets cut out is when later on she goes to the senator's house knocks on the door, and she goes, I lied to you. And then she tells the truth. Um, so that's an important scene that gets cut that you're like, right. uh, okay, why? The other scene that gets cut, um, in the movie that got released, there's one where Clark Kent is telling Perry, well, I really think we need to talk about, you know, pursue this whole story of, of the Batman vigilante in Gotham and, and how he's terrorizing the city. And uh, White's like, no, we're not running that. This is Metropolis, you know, not Gotham. We don't care what's going on here. You run the story on the football team. He's told to drop the Batman story. Right. The scene that gets cut is that he actually had done it. He is interviewing someone about the football story, you know, Metropolis Nights and the Gotham, whatever. And the whole thing about Batman gets mentioned again, and he decides, I'm not dropping it. So he picks it back up. Mm. Um, which shows you that he didn't just go against Perry White and right. pursue it. He had dr- done it. He had dropped it, but then it gets mentioned again. He sees, I think he sees like a Gotham Gazette or something, and he decides, I can't let this lie. Right. Well, it just shows that he cares about his job as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing about the Donner cut of Superman that shows about how Lois Lane is actually a good reporter is that scene that got cut where it was a different scene. They, uh, they changed it to where they went to that honeymoon thing in Niagara Falls. Right. But they originally shot it in a regular hotel room, which right. admittedly wasn't as pretty aesthetically. But I mean, um, there's a, uh, she's, confronts him it's like i know you're superman and blah 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 and she pulls out a gun and shoots him right but but before she shoots him she says don't fall down because you're just gonna have to get up again which i think is that's a very lois lane thing to say right right you know and i think that, that could have added more to margot kidder's character in many ways right true 
Well, also, too, it showed you how smart she was. Oh, yeah. Because um, he said something about, what if you've been wrong? And she goes, there are blanks. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Clark Kent would have been dead. Yeah. Blanks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Who wants to fix another movie? We got three minutes to fix it. The Punisher. Which one? The one with Dolph Lundgren. Okay, because I say I actually kind of like the Thomas Shane Tom one. Tom Shane one is good. <laughs> yeah, the Punisher with with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, he should have he. The movie should have ended with him wearing the skull. Yeah. Because, because when when the Punisher made makes his first appearance in the comics, he is wearing all black. Yeah. He is wearing a black j- jacket, leather, the black shirt, the whole nine. The movie should have ended when he told that told that gangster's kid, "Grow up to be a good." He said, "You're a good boy. Grow up to be a good man." Because if you don't, and that's when he should have stood up and opened his shirt, and you would have seen that skull. I'll be waiting. That would have been a perfect segue into that. I, I think it it could have done with a different casting. Right. I, I have- Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, as we all know, is way too smart to be the Punisher. <laughs> well, the other problem is he had made He Man and Message Universe before that one. Yeah, and that's all you could see was He Man, and you kept yeah. waiting for Skeletor to come out of one of the. <laughs> well, see, it wasn't it wasn't that big a deal for me because I had not seen He Man at that point. I actually did not see He Man until about four or five years ago. I haven't seen He Man or Punisher, so. Now I saw I saw the first Punisher. Yeah, yeah with, with Dolph Lundgren. And like um. I have a hard time. Once I found out he had a master's degree in biochemical engineering, it's kind of hard. Yeah, right. It's kind of hard for me to see him playing like this this big muscle bound guy that you know does stuff like that. But but you got to give it to him though. He he freaking nailed King Narius and Aquaman though. Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah. Oh, he was great. I just watched that again the other week. I think man, what a great movie this was. Yeah. Is I should say. (laughs) Um, thought we was going to fix another movie, but I can't remember. Uh, let's go ahead and just close the show. I mean, I, we All could right. sit here going for another couple hours of movies yeah, and yeah, how need to get fixed. Oh, easy. Do want to remind everybody, uh, Madman has Shock Monkey Radio every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on Subscribe FX. Subscribe on your favorite podcat- podcatcher. There you go. <laughs> podcatcher? Um, uh, <laughs> we have facebook.com slash lost in the long box. We also have our Gmail, which is just lost in the long box at gmail.com. Please send us a, uh, uh, I drop us a letter because Tommy's lonely. Um, and then <laughs> patreon.com slash FXBG public radio. Um, got our Facebook groups, Batman yesterday, today, and forever realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture and gathered together the greatest superhero teams. Can you make a couple more Facebook pages? Cause I don't have enough clothes clo- <laughs> to go through here. All right. Until next week, everybody um, have fun. Keep reading your comics. Talk to you all next week. See you on the funny papers. Have a good night. See you next week.